0: Today we have a rather fascinating development with Biden's visit to Poland and his unambiguous call for a change of regime in Russia. Biden has had, on multiple occasions called Vladimir Putin, a war criminal. But now he's saying out loud that Putin cannot remain in power. As if he was talking to some intensity within Russia, calling them to turn on Putin. And though of course calling for regime changes is a complete taboo in diplomacy, and international relations, Biden did so unflinchingly on air. NATO is not only bolstering its troops in NATO member states with borders with Russia, promising to protect them against any Russian invasion, but the American president has also declared in no unclear words that the US commitment to protecting those countries is sacred. And now Biden is taking the fight into Russia. So what's behind this Biden call for bringing down Putin? Is it a tongue slip, venting his emotions? Or is it a veiled threat? White House officials, however, are saying that the United States wouldn't call for an illegal change of power, and that President Biden does not intend to support such an endeavor. But the word is out, and Biden's wish is out there to the world. And for those in Russia listening... Any party or coalition, civilian or military, capable of removing Putin will of course be heartened and bolstered by Biden's statement, which is equivalent to an outright endorsement of a coup. But analysts so far aren't aware of the presence of an entity capable of mounting such an endeavor. In Ukraine, the humanitarian conditions are worse by the hour. Lviv has been bombarded over the past week, and on Sunday morning, it suffered another shelling by the Russians. The historical city, whose center is considered a UNESCO heritage site, was throughout the war a haven for refugees fleeing from all war fronts in Ukraine, and served as the gateway to Europe. Now even its proximity to the West and NATO territory is no longer a deterrent to the Russian attacks. Russia justifies its increasing attacks on Lviv, that it has become a recruitment centre for troops and weapons, foreign and Ukrainian nationals, who are then used in the fight against Russia. And that is largely true owing to Lviv's proximity to the Polish border, where weapons, ammunition and volunteer fighters pour in before getting distributed to the battlefields. And the tragedy in Mariupol hasn't ended yet. Latest news reports lately revealed that the theatre collapse instant has resulted in at least 300 fatalities and still tens of thousands of people are trapped in the city without food or water not to mention electricity and heat in the cold weather Ukraine still wouldn't surrender the port city to the Russians and the Russians wouldn't left the siege of this important strategic port Zelensky and despite all this display of support from NATO and the EU is still not satisfied? He wants increased military support even with his troops pushing back the Russians and even launching counter-offensive attacks. Ukraine's strategic supply of weaponry and ammunition is limited and dependent to a great deal on the West and to effectively push back the Russians, they need more destructive weapons. Weapons that cannot only defend the Ukrainians but also cause the Russians severe damages. That's why Zelensky is increasingly asking for fighter planes and tanks. And though the United States and NATO have promised increased weapon support to Ukraine, they have stopped short of providing decisive weapons like airplanes and tanks. Meanwhile, in Russia, things aren't going well at all. Of course, the Kremlin denounced Biden's call for regime change, but most probably such a call may perturb Putin and his inner circle. The lack of significant advances in Ukraine and the news of Ukrainian counter-offensives have led the Russian military to announce that they are concentrating their war efforts on the Eastern Front in Donetsk and Luhansk regions rather than all over Ukraine. This is a sign that Russia is feeling the pain of war and is now revising its objectives, making them less grandiose than when it began the invasion a month ago. Russia is also suffering a decreased influence and standing not only on the world stage, but even in its immediate region of geopolitical influence. The Azerbaijani forces, without clear pretext, advanced in the disputed Nagorno-Karabakh region. The area, which is majority Armenian, claims independence and of course is supported by Armenia. After the Azerbaijani decisive victory in 2020 over the Armenians, Russia, which is an implicit ally of Armenia, intervened and provided peacekeeping forces that halted the Azerbaijani advances on the disputed area of Nagorno-Karabakh, which is internationally recognized as a part of Azerbaijan. The current Azerbaijani advance in this area is a direct challenge to the Russian authority in the region. The Russian peacekeeping forces had to step aside to avoid clashing with the Azerbaijanis. Cornered and sanctioned, Russia couldn't but diplomatically condemn the Azerbaijani advances. That's it for today. Subscribe to our channel and activate the notification bell for future updates on the war in Ukraine and our usual interesting historical episodes. You can also follow us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll find the links in the description box. Thank you for listening and catch you on the next one. Goodbye.